0: Ida had overcome her bout with germs very quickly with the aid of the unscrupulous Patel, who was also her lover at the time. It was after Ida's almost miraculous recovery that Sophie made contact through the spirit world and learned that, unknown to Thomas or Ida, he had an illegitimate daughter. His death was investigated, and it was determined that he had been the victim of a homicide. His daughter had poisoned him in hopes of gaining access to his fortune after she got rid of Ida. The daughter was successfully prosecuted, sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, so she would not have another day of freedom in this lifetime. Ida, a former photographer, now had a successful line of cosmetics for the deceased, drop-dead gorgeous. She was quite content with her new business venture and life, one lacking any morbid fear of germs. Mavis, another of the childhood quartet of friends, had barely been surviving on the pension she received as an English teacher when Toots had emailed, inviting her to Charleston. Living on the coast of Maine, with nothing for company except her little chihuahua, Coco, and daytime television, Mavis had ballooned until she was more than 100 pounds overweight. When Toots had first seen her that day as she struggled to walk through the airport, she'd had her doubts about Mavis ever having had any quality of life. Right there on the spot, in the airport— before Mavis barely had a chance to say hello, Toots knew she would do whatever it took to help her friend lose all that weight. Toots immediately called Dr. Joe Polly, her longtime friend and physician. Dr. Polly announced that Mavis was physically sound in all the areas that mattered. Toots took this as a sign. After a visit to Catherine's, a clothing store for plus-size women, which outfitted Mavis in gorgeous clothing, boosting poor Mavis's self-esteem tenfold, all Toots had to do was sit back and watch as the pounds practically dripped off Mavis. Now a hundred pounds lighter, and a successful businesswoman as well, not only was Mavis new and improved, but she was hip, sexy, and proud of it. Coco still tried to rule the roost, but Toots figured that was okay as long as Mavis didn't fall back into her trap of eating and feeding the little dog more than they needed. Mavis had truly worked her ass off. Over months, unbeknownst to Toots, Sophie, and Ida, Mavis had created a secret Internet business. During her period of massive weight loss, Mavis had insisted on remaking the clothes Toots had purchased for her when she was so heavy. As she was doing so, she discovered that she truly loved making her old clothes into new ones, and it was in this way that she started her own line of clothing for those in mourning, aptly naming it Good Morning. The line became so successful that Mavis went one step further by designing clothing for the dearly departed themselves. This, too, was another money-making venture. Between Mavis's clothing and Ida's makeup, both women were sought after by morticians and funeral directors across the country. Once the two began to work together, they attended special classes in San Francisco that enabled them to lay out the deceased. They were more popular than ever in the world of those who dealt with the dearly departed. And then, of course, there was Sophie. Toots was closest to Sophie. Why? Maybe they were more alike in some ways. She didn't know why, but Sophie had always held a special place in her heart, just a wee bit more than Ida and Mavis. Sophie had always been the toughest of the bunch. Strong and street-smart in ways that Toots, Ida, and Mavis would never be. Sophie had met and married only one man in her life, Walter Manchester, an alcoholic banker who'd kicked the bucket just about a year ago. He'd died of cirrhosis of the liver. Big surprise there. He'd spent most of their marriage slugging Sophie around as though she were his own personal punching bag. Sophie was a great believer in her marriage vows. She would not divorce him, because, as bad as her situation was, divorce was contrary to her Catholic upbringing. Toots had always known that something was not kosher in her friend's marriage. Once, when Toots had made an unannounced visit to New York City, she'd found Sophie with her arm in a cast. She didn't have to ask her friend what had happened. She just knew. Toots had tried to convince Sophie to leave Walter, told her she deserved better, but Sophie had been adamant in her decision not to divorce him. Till death do us part, she'd said all those years ago. And so she survived. And she'd been smart. Working as a pediatric nurse her entire life had taught her a couple of things. One, people don't...